0: shots. Hey, rebounds loose. They score! Keeper bellows. Goals in four straight games. What a goal for Oliver Wallstrom. A highlight reel, tally, cross-size pass. Watherspoon scores! This is a production of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, proud American Hockey League affiliate of the New York Islanders. On for the return pass, instead Simon Simon Holmstrom, he tracks, shoots, he scores! First in North America for Simon Holmstrom. I'm head coach Brent Thompson, and this is Sound Tigers Hockey. Well, I promise you it doesn't get a whole lot better than this. Tom Kunakal is our guest on this edition of the Sound Up podcast. It's March the 2nd of 2021. I'm Alan Fearing, and thanks so much for joining us today. And we've got a great one on tap for you. If you're looking to get the most bang for your buck, well, first of all, great news. All of these podcasts, which we've been doing since back in the summertime, they're all archived on SoundCloud, also on Anchor, and, of course, on YouTube. They're all completely free, so it costs nothing to listen to them and perhaps learn a little something. But uh, today we've got a guy on the podcast who has won the Stanley Cup twice. He's played in the NHL with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. He's currently on an AHL deal for this abbreviated season with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And again, Tom Kunakal is one of the veterans on this Bridgeport team. He had an assist on Tanner Fritz's shorthanded goal last Thursday, which helped kind of get the wheels turning on a really good special teams effort. Bridgeport went two for four on the power play and scored their third shorthanded goal of this season already. That's tied for the league lead with Chicago and it already matches the amount of goals the Sound Tigers had shorthanded from 2019-20. Very quiet time for the Sound Tigers right now. Just one game last week. That was a 3-2 win at Providence. A very nice come-from-behind victory. Tanner Fritz, Simon Holmstrom, Arno Durando all found the back of the net. Uh, Tom Kunacle factoring into the score sheet with an assist as well. Kunachel's played in all six games for the Sound Tigers this year. We'll talk hockey with him. We'll talk about this start for Bridgeport and a whole lot more as well. Uh, You know, what it's like to be labeled as a two-time Stanley Cup champion. We'll also talk about his roots over in Germany, and his father, who is pretty much known as the Wayne Gretzky of German hockey. He's been a part of five Olympic games over there, and uh, a lot of other fun stuff, including... Lip-syncing, and before you get too far in the podcast, go ahead and, and YouTube Tom Kunackle, lip-sync. You'll probably get your biggest smile of the day watching that. Just so much to talk about with such a great guy, Tom Kunackle, and uh, Tom, thanks so much for taking a little time out of your afternoon for us. No problem, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, I mean, we have a lot to get to on this podcast. Uh, you know, I'm not sure 30 minutes is going to be enough, but we'll start with the game on Thursday. Pretty nice 3-2 win for you guys to come from behind victory. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not really about how you start, but how you finish games. A couple of power play goals late, and you guys got the win. Probably a pretty good feeling in the locker room now as you head into another game this week.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if you look at the at the start we had so far, you know, it's not really what we what we wanted. Um, you know, we had a couple of leads uh, early in the season in the third period where we, you know, couldn't hold on to the win so it was nice to you know come from behind and uh, and grab the two points here in providence
0: special teams was huge i mean those, those power play goals late ultimately got the win but you were a part of a shorthanded goal in the first period uh, had an assist with uh, tanner fritz uh, scoring that goal on a two-on-one three shorthanded goals now this season for the sound tigers i mean that's tied for the league lead what makes you guys so good shorthanded early on
1: you know, we just got to make sure we keep the shift short. You know, we we pressure as much as we can, especially the first 10, 15 seconds. You know, all our pressure, you know, make them move the puck, make it, make a mistake. And, you know, the first couple of games, our, our PK, we gave up a couple of goals. But as, as of late, we're doing a really good job of, you know, not just giving giving up uh, almost no chances, but also creating something offensively.
0: I asked Parker Watherspoon this last week, and you have a different perspective because you've been around, you know, for so many years, both in the NHL and the AHL. What's it like playing only two teams all year?
1: Yeah, this is, uh, this <laughs> is uh, very, very different than, you know, what you're used to playing, you know, 20, 30 different teams a season. So, you know, obviously with the circumstances, you know, with this whole, um, you know, COVID and, you know, traveling and all those kind of things. So, you know, it's a little bit of a different season, but that, that doesn't change anything. You know, we, we come prepared to every game. You know, we got to make sure we, we play our best uh, game in and game out. And, uh, you know, we just got to make sure we – you know, we grab as many points as we can.
0: Tom, I'm looking at the schedule right here. Game on Friday, February the 19th. You had six days off, a game last Thursday, a full week off. You play again this Thursday. I mean, that's almost an entire two-week span of having just one game in the middle, that game last Thursday and that 3-2 win for you guys What's it like as a player being in this situation? I mean, you have you know, years where you have a long Christmas break. You know, you've always, you've always got that all-star break. Recently, there's been bye weeks. But nothing like this. Only a month into the season, you've got one game in a two-week span. You know, how do you, you keep that mindset
1: going? Yeah, like you said, um, even if you have an all-star break or, you know, a bye week or whatever, it's not, you know, you usually have you know, a couple of days off to you know, get your mind back on, you know, back on track. But like you said, it's it's a lot different again. Uh, you know, having one game in, you know, 10, 12 days of spend, it's not what you used to. You used to playing, you know, every every second or third day. Um, but, you know, it starts in practice. You know, we got to make sure we practice hard. We, we, you know, bring the right mindset, the right mentality, work on things in practice, you know, especially, like you said, um, penalty killing, power play, our system, you know, guys get in and out of the lineup. So it's nice to have a couple of practices to, you know, practice with your line mates, get some chemistry going. And I think that's, that's helped us as of late.
0: Tom, you were obviously drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. Uh, you played three plus years in the American Hockey League prior to breaking through with the Pittsburgh Penguins. For you still and for a lot of young players, why is the American Hockey League so critical to developing you know, future NHL talent?
1: You know, if you if you look back at how it's all started for me, when after I got drafted out of the OHL from Pittsburgh, they, they kind of drafted me more as an offensive guy. You know, I, I had 40 goals in the OHL. I was more, you know, offensively talented than you know working in my own end. You know, blocking shots, being a penalty killer. But um, you know, after spending a couple of years in, in Wheeling and in, in Wilkes-Barre, um, you know, Billy Garen came up to me and he's like, "You you kind of got to you know get a kind of switch your game around. You know, you got to be an all around player." So you know, the the time I had there in, in Wheeling and in Wilkes. Kind of gave me a lot of time to, you know, work on the on the weaknesses I had, which was, you know, being a defensive player, you know, being reliable, being a penalty killer, and those kind of things. So you have a lot of time um, to work on your all-around game, and you know, I think that's that's helped me a lot over, over the last couple of years. And you know, it's it's not all about you know scoring goals or you know being an offensive threat. You know, you got to do dirty work sometimes too, and you know that's what kind of uh, you know switched my game around the last couple of years.
0: Turns off Alexiak back to the point. A big shot block by Kudakle. He's
1: across. Kudakle in difficulty. Another shot block. Oh, Two gosh. chances for the high slot. Kudakle still on the lip and it's trying to make still a shot block. Crazy. That's courageous <laughs> from Tom Kudakle. Obviously, I would like to contribute a little more offensively. But uh, you know, at the same time, if that means I have, you know four block shots and you know, we win the game three, two at the end or whatever and we got a huge kill at the end, you know, that that makes me happy too as long as we get the win.
0: That's such great stuff. And I mean, you know, from a fan's perspective, that's incredible insight. You know, that's you know, for for a guy like Otto Coival as well, one of your current teammates, you know, he came to North America as a winger. He had never played center before. Uh, head coach Brian Thompson said, why don't we try you here? Why don't you develop uh, into kind of a centerman role? And he's really you know, succeeded and done well in that role. So kind of what you're saying there, you come here and you have to work on different things. It's not exactly your bread and butter that you, you grew up with. Uh, and, I mean, you made your pro debut with with the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins back in 2012-13. You played just 11 games that year, unfortunately got injured, played a couple of games with Wheeling that season, 16 games with Wheeling the next year. So many challenges for you personally along the way. Ultimately, you broke through. You, you know, already had a great NHL career, and I know there's more down the road for you. You've won a couple of Stanley Cups. Does does those challenges, you know, when you first started out with, with the Penguins and with uh, the Wheeling-Nailers, Does that kind of make it a little bit more, I guess, meaningful for you, you know, now that uh, you're, you're towards the top of the hockey world and you look back at where you first started, does that, you know, make you smile when you, you kind of look back?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're a hockey player, you know, there's going to be ups and downs in your career. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be, you know, trades, there's going to be, you know, things that you love. There's going to be things that you hate, but at the same time, you know, everything, something happens to you, you know, you grow as a player. Um, you know whether it will be an injury, and you have a you know season-ending injury or whatever. You know you got to make sure you you work your way back to where you were, or maybe even better. And you know, like I said, good things happen. You just gotta you know stay stay at an even level. You know you can't get too high, you can't get too low. And uh, you know I've I've had a lot of those throughout my career. You know when when I was in like you said my first year in, in the in the AHL. You know trying to establish yourself, and then you get hurt, and you have that season-ending injury. You know, you start basically from zero again, but you know, that doesn't matter. You just got to make sure you work hard on yourself. You work your way back and, uh, you know, you can never give up. Like I said, things are, things are going to happen. That's just how it is in a, being a hockey player, but, you know, um, always stay positive And, uh, you know, like I said, um, nothing is impossible.
0: What's it like being labeled as a two-time Stanley cup champion?
1: Um, you know, it, it took me, it took me a, a couple of years to, to realize what happened because, you know, everything happened so quick. And, uh, you know, I was, I was so grateful that, that Pittsburgh gave me the opportunity to to take that next step and, and play in the National Hockey League. And, um, you know, usually when you get called up, you know, you play a couple of games and you maybe get sent down again because, you know, you, something happens or, you know, they make a trade or whatever. But fortunately, I was I was very lucky that, you know, we, we went on that run and, and we won that Stanley Cup and, you know, I got called up in January and, you know, didn't expect anything and then you know a couple of months later hoisting the Stanley Cup it was it was the most incredible feeling and you know I, I wish that to, to every hockey player who whoever plays the game you know that's that's a feeling you you can't describe you just got to be there to, to experience it and um, you know it's uh, it's everyone's dream to you know play in the National Hockey League and, and ultimately win the win the trophy at the end and uh, you know but like I said you just got to work hard and uh, you know you can you can't back down from from any challenge
0: more on that here in just a minute because it's part of a a trivia question that we've got for our fans but uh you became a a free agent in the summer of 2018 ultimately ended up signing a new deal with the new york islanders on july the second of that year i'm curious what made long island uh, so enticing for you
1: um you know we when i was in pittsburgh you obviously have your, your rivalries you know playing washington playing the islanders playing the rangers the devils you know those are always always fun fun games to play and uh and, you know, I just, you know, I'm always open for a new challenge wherever it might be. And, you know, like you said, you know, I kind of wanted to, you know, prove myself again. And, you know, I think the last couple years in New York, it was another challenge for me, you know, trying to, you know, prove yourself in a new team, trying to prove to them that you should be in the lineup and, you know, play as much as you can. And, you know, obviously having having Trotz as a coach, he kind of knew me, you know, being the coach in Washington there. And, you me and Pittsburgh, we obviously played each other a whole bunch of times, um, knocking them out a couple of times, and then they knocked us out, and then they went up uh, and won the cup at the end. So um, it's nice to have a, a familiar face around uh, when you go to a new team.
0: Because you brought up Barry, what similarities do you see between Barry Trotz and Brent Thompson?
1: <laughs> That's a tough question. You know, they're obviously, uh, they're obviously... That is
0: not one I prepared, by the way. That is a follow-up based on your answer.
1: You know um... – they're obviously both really intense coaches. You know, they, they have a history of, you know, winning, um, you know, they're both obviously really, really good coaches, you know, that they can get loud on the bench, but you know, that's, uh, that's sometimes what you need as a player when, when things aren't going well. But, you know, if you look at both of their careers, you know, they've been very successful and, you know, it's, it's nice to have, uh, uh two of two of those coaches, um, of that caliber in the, in the same organization.
0: You've had some, some incredible moments with the Islanders already. I mean, you know, I was doing some prep before this, and going back and looking at YouTube at some of your goals, and you know, you had that one falling over against Vancouver a couple of seasons ago, where uh, you were at the goal line extended, and I'm, I still don't know, you know, physically how you got that one in. Also, you know, there was the the almost goal in the playoffs against your former team Pittsburgh, in which you scored. They called it offside. I know you don't want to think back about that, but you know, what are some of your favorite memories? You know, at this point.
1: Yeah, I think you know that one would be would be on the very top if if that one would have counted. You know, obviously, um, being in the playoffs, playing your former team in Game One, stepping on the ice—you uh, know—you're obviously super, super excited. Um, you know, trying to to show yourself against your former team. You know that that very first shift—you know—that obviously would have been a great start to that playoff series. But you know, um, me and me and Maddie Martin had to talk about after, and uh, you know, we're all good now. But um, <laughs> at the at the end of the day. It doesn't matter, you know. We, we won the series. Unfortunately, we, you know, we couldn't beat Carolina after, but um, you know, it was a it was a fun experience playing against your former team, and you know, especially uh, you know beating them in four, uh, you know, playing at home at the at the college was a was a great a uh, great feeling.
0: I think a lot of folks know this about you, but of course you're, you're German. Um, If folks are listening to this podcast and they can hear your accent, uh, you know, you're, you're from overseas. And when you came to the Islanders, you know, you didn't play with him per se, but uh, spent a lot of time with Dennis Seinenberg, another fellow German player. And again, I know you guys didn't spend a lot of time on the ice together, but quite a bit of quality time off the ice. I understand.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, every time you come to a, to a new team, to a new organization, it's obviously always nice to, to have familiar faces or even uh, you know, players that speak the same language as you. And uh, you know, I've, I've known uh, Sides and, and Gricey for a while. You know, we, we played at the Olympic qualification together. So you, you kind of know them and it's always nice to, like I said, to have someone to talk to your native language with. And also Lucas Pisa was there at the same time too. Um, you know, uh, Swiss guys also talk German. So it's always nice to, to have those kind of guys around and you know, make yourself uh, feel more, more home.
0: What's your favorite German dish?
1: A <laughs> It's it's a little different. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of like a loaf that you know you cut up a, you know, pretty pretty thick slice and, and put it in a bun and, and have it with mustard. It's more like kind of like a sandwich kind of dish. Um, it's hard to describe. You almost have to have to look it up, but it's uh, it's worth a try.
0: I'm I'm gonna look it up. That's the first thing I'm gonna do after this is over. I mean, uh, mine is Schnitzel. My my last name is Furing. It doesn't get much more German than that. You know, kind of like Kuhnackel but i'm i'm the like the least german person ever with with that type of last name like i've never been to germany i don't eat a lot of yeah you know, that food there's one german place that we go to during training camp on long island all the time can't remember the name of it of course a couple miles away there from northwell um, and I I mentioned you know you won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Dennis Seidenberg has won the Stanley Cup. Two of three players who are of German descent who have won uh, the ultimate prize in the NHL. And our trivia question for fans this week is: uh, Can you name the third player on that list? Again, three German players have won the Stanley Cup. You, Dennis Seidenberg, and there's one other one. I I see your uh, your smile over there. I I'm pretty sure, and I imagine you know who it is. Don't answer it. you know who it is? Correct.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so we're gonna we're gonna ask fans to uh, submit their their response on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we'll, we'll throw a Sound Tigers prize pack at you if you come up with the correct answer for the third uh, German player who has won the Stanley Cup trivia question of the week. We've also uh, got a uh, stat of the week for you. It's been a couple of weeks since we brought you a stat of the week, so here it is for Tuesday, March the second of two thousand and twenty-one. Let me give you a little education, Mister.
1: They've done studies, you know, sixty percent of the time. It works every time.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's been quite a while since we've had one of these. Our stat of the week for this Tuesday revolves around the number 41. That's the sweater that uh, Tom Kunaka wears in his jersey number. You go all the way back to 2001, there's been eight players in Sound Tigers franchise history who have worn that number, including Yaroslav Halak, also Mike Cornell, who's currently on the team wearing number 6 He's worn number forty-one in the past. Also, names like Pat Cullody, Calder, Brooks, Dyson, Stevenson, Harlan Pratt, all have worn the forty-one sweater with the Sound Tigers, uh, going all the way back to the first year in two thousand one, two thousand two. That's our stat of the week for this Tuesday, March the second. Back with Tom Kuhnackel, Tom. We just talked about how you're you're German. You're actually you're not from Germany though. You're you're from a different country, correct?
1: <laughs> this is uh, yes, Tom. Um um well i was i was actually born in finland um but my dad was i think he was the coach at that point um he was coaching the german national team so i was born in finland my dad is from czech republic originally but i was uh i have a german passport so um i guess when i was a child i well i couldn't have picked my nationality but my parents kind of did and uh, they went with german which i'm obviously very happy about
0: I know your dad probably got you into hockey more on him in just a second. What age did you start playing?
1: Playing or skating? Uh, we'll say skating. <laughs> probably as soon as I could stand, my, my dad put me on skates. It's Like you said, I didn't really have a, much of a choice. Um, <laughs> I got two older siblings, a brother and a sister. They both also played. My sister was a forward. My brother was a goalie. Um, my dad was obviously a hockey player too. So, you know, I didn't really uh, have much of a choice Uh so I, I stuck with hockey as well.
0: Your dad is like the Wayne Gretzky of Germany, am I am I right?
1: Yes, that's that's correct.
0: Five Olympic games, uh, named Germany's ice hockey player of the century in 2000. Was that you know, as a kid growing up, was that really cool for you? Was that something that put you know maybe more pressure and expectations on on you than you would have liked?
1: Um, you know, when I was when I was really young, I I didn't really have much of an idea of you know. I knew my dad played hockey, but I didn't know how how good he actually was until you know when you're a kid, you you look through every drawers and, and boxes and everything, and I found those v- VCR, v- what do you call it, VCR or something?
0: Yeah, yeah, VCRs.
1: Yes. So I found those, and um, you know, you're a kid, you you want to know everything, you look through everything. So you know, I put one of those in, and um, you know, you you just see my dad scoring about six goals a game, and you know, he was about. <laughs> two feet taller than everyone else and, and way stronger. So, um, you know, that's that's when I kind of found out that that he was actually more than more than just a, a good hockey player. And uh, uh, like I said before, when when you know your whole family is, is also playing hockey, you kind of kind of want to keep the tradition going and also also stick with hockey, which was uh, very unusual for you know being a German, which is not known for, for hockey, um, rather more than, than um, soccer. But um, you know, now that I look back, I'm I'm very happy that I, I followed the tradition and uh, stuck with hockey.
0: What's the best advice he's ever given you?
1: My dad has given me a lot of advice over the years, um, especially you know, like I said, when when things aren't going well. Um, but he always told me, you know, even when when things are going bad or you know you're down or whatever, always look back. Uh, always look back at the at the good moments, you know, at the positive things. Don't don't ever let anything bring you down. And I think uh, that's one of the things that, you know, helped me the most, especially my, my very first year when I came over here and, and played in juniors when, when I was 17. Um, you know, I, I, I think I had zero points in my first 11 games, and I didn't speak the language well, and, you know, I, I felt like I didn't fit in, and I just wanted to go back home. And, and my dad's like, no, you're not. There's zero chance you're going back home. You have no idea how many people would would, you know, switch spots with you to be in the position you're in. So, you know, just keep working, keep keep doing your best every day. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I listened to him and I'm glad he was there for me. And, uh, you know, like I said, everything, everything worked out at the end.
0: He clearly taught you a lot. Did he teach you to lip sync? Well,
1: <laughs> Um, that was, uh, yeah, he, he kind of did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where did that skill come from? And for fans that don't know, just YouTube Tom Kunaka lip sync and uh, you'll, you'll understand.
1: Um, yeah, well, it's always been my dad who, you know, when he was kind of like a a commentator in the the German league and, you know, growing up, I I always traveled with him to wherever to to watch hockey games and just be around him. And, um, you know, he, every time, every car ride, he would, you know, sing to every song and and whistle every song. So, so, you know, when your dad does it, you kind of pick it up and, and try to do it too. And that's why I guess, uh, you know, that. Whole thing happened there in, in Pittsburgh.
0: there's some incredible uh highlights from you on YouTube, but among all of that, when I you know typed your name in when that popped up i mean that's that 's got to be my favorite video as I know it is for a, for a lot of fans who actually brought that up when you first signed with the Islanders and you mentioned you know he he lip sync lip synced lip lip-sync, sank however that however you say that i don't even know you said he did it well, you do it well, you know probably in music also. When I say Tomorrowland, what do you think of?
1: How do you come up with that? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I hope a lot of people know what, what Tomorrowland is. And, um, you know, for, for me, it's always been a, a dream to go to it. Um, it's, it's almost impossible to get uh, tickets or to even get access to it. But I, I keep trying every year. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully at some point I... Uh, I find a way to, to get there and experience that, uh, the whole, yeah, city.
0: <laughs> yeah. And again, you can YouTube it or Google it. If you don't know what I understand, I've never been to it either a Belgian electronic dance festival held every July over in Belgium. I mean, it sounds like quite the time and, uh, you know, I, I might have to put it you know higher up on my priority list as well.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, like you said, it's kind of like a festival, but it's, it's, it's almost like, uh, its own city. You know, there's like an amusement park in there. There's a whole bunch of different stages with all kinds of, you know, DJs and, and artists from all over the world. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I would, uh, I would do a lot of things to, uh, to experience that uh, personally. That's
0: incredible. Uh, Tom, thank you again for, for all of your time this afternoon. And lastly, I mean, we're six games into the 24-game schedule, so already at the quarter mark, but uh, still a ways to go. What are you excited for the most through the rest of this really weird and uh, abbreviated 2021 season?
1: Um, as of late, we've we've been playing some some really good hockey. Um, you know, the first couple of games, like I said, we kind of couldn't really hold on to to the lead, but as of late, we've we've done a much better job of that. And as you know, I'm just excited to you know get out there, get as many wins as possible, and we're obviously all hoping hoping for a playoffs and uh, you know, hoping to go as, as far as we can.
0: Good stuff, Tom. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for having me again.
0: Well, you won't find a better one than that, I promise you. Tom Kunako, what a great guy. What a great storyteller, and he offered some incredible insight there. I really enjoyed that episode of the Sound Up podcast, and uh, if you guys want to hear from anyone in particular, whether it's someone who's on the current team, whether it's maybe someone from the past, let us know. Comment on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, we'll try to make it happen. We've really enjoyed these podcasts. We'll keep them going every Tuesday throughout the regular season. I'm Alan Fearing. Thanks again for joining us. The Sound Tigers with two games later this week. They've got a Thursday rematch with the Providence Bruins up in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Then they're back home. Webster Bank Arena hosting Saturday's game, 1 o'clock, against the Hartford Wolfpack. Really good stuff, and we'll have more next week on the Sound Up podcast.